right, guys. So I, um, the workshop thing says 4.45. And uh, so I need all the time I can get with you guys. So I'm just going to jump right in and get started. And Every week I challenge uh, on uh, in Chico we do a slow clap for the speakers so they're trying to keep the momentum alive. Sorry, sorry guys. Um, so I'm you know I'm really encouraged to see uh, such a good group here. Um, you know a little surprise I, expe I was expecting with a title like Small Things Big Difference. You kind of expect a bunch of legalistic OCD type people to come, just a couple. But you guys look fairly normal, most of you guys, so that's good. So I, I really hope that this workshop will encourage you because I'm probably one of the most ADHD guys that I've met. I was ADHD before it was a thing. It was, I, I pretty much invented it, you know. So, and if, if, if you told me about 10 years ago that I was going to lead a workshop on being faithful in the little things, I would have just laughed, laughed at you. But one thing I've learned is that in order to really make an impact for God and to live fit for Jesus, you have to care about the little things. So God's just taken me on a journey. And so all this is coming from things that I've worked through, that I've wrestled through, that's been a real struggle for me and actually still is a big struggle for me. So I'm not in any way um, trying to say I figured this out. But these are some things that I feel like the Lord's putting on my heart um, as I approach this topic. So let me pray and then we'll just jump right in. Father, thank you for this week. Thank you for each student and staff and other people that are here, Lord. I pray that, that you would speak to us during this, this time that you would use your word and you would, you would challenge each of us to be faithful to you, um, that, that each of us would walk away different. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So one thing I love about college students is that you guys really have, a lot of you have a big vision for how God can use your life. You really believe that God can use you to change the world. You're naive enough to think that God really can take my life and use my life to make a huge impact for his kingdom. And that's actually one reason I work with college students, because I, I believe that's true. I'm, I'm still dumb enough to believe that. Um, and it gets me so fired up seeing a group like this that, that's the potential in this room for making a huge impact um, for your life. Um, so, if, but the key is you have to closely, intimately, Mike's story was just, it's, he gave me a great setup. It was like, this is going to be like t-ball with you guys. Um, you know, he was talking about if you intimately and closely walk with Jesus, you can have an impact for your life. I love this quote by D.L. Moody. It says, the world has yet to see what God can do with a man fully consecrated to him. By God's help, I aim to be that man. I love that quote. D.L. Moody was used to lead literally millions of people to Christ. And just the, the impact, I just recently read his biography, the impact of his life just spread and spread and spread, and it's still making an impact today. And it really starts with just the desire to honestly and sincerely and humbly walk with Jesus and fulfill what he's called us to do. Um, a little bit, let me ask you a question. What's the vision for your life? What's the vision for your life? And is it something 
that inspires you? Is it, is it something that is, feels too big for you to accomplish on your own? Is it, is it inspiring to you? I remember a few years ago, when, actually when I was in college, I remember Mike Story, the speaker, was speaking, and he, he, he gave one of his talks, and he just kept refra- repeating the phrase, be a disciple that makes disciples. You just, want to, you just need to seek to be a disciple that makes disciples. That's, you, you have one job. I love those you have one job memes. Anybody seen those? Okay. You, you have one job, okay? Um, you have one job. It's to be a disciple that makes disciples. And, but the sad reality it's, is a lot of college students that are in a, a ministry like ours, a disciple-making ministry, um, 10 years from now, you may be discipling people now. You may be on fire and in this environment where everything's like given to you, basically. Oh, here's a Bible study to go to. Here's a book to read. Here's a verse to memorize. Everything's like 10 years from now. What I'm afraid of is if you're normal, which I'm the reason I'm talking to you is I'm praying you won't be, is that 10 years from now, a lot of you will barely even be going to church. A lot of you will barely even, it'll, it'll be pulling teeth just to help you, for you to help at the nursery. Um, you won't be having your quiet time 10 years from now. If you're normal, which I'm, I really hope you're not, <laughs> um, you will, that you're not going to make it. And Why? I'll give you a little hint. It's the title of my workshop. It's the small things. It's the little things in your life. Um, So here's what I've discovered is having a big vision for your life, having a big vision for your life will fuel your obedience in the little things in your life. Having a big vision for your life will fuel uh, obedience in the little small things in your life. I've also discovered that the only way you'll ever have a big impact in your life is if you develop faithfulness in the little things. That'll be the foundation for an incredible life of impact. Mike Story, um, Max Barnett, Neil, these guys that we look to and respect, they've just had one faithful day after another for year after year, and we're all here. You know, it's, it, we, are a fruit, we are the fruit of their ministries. Max Barnett um, discipled all three of the directors of the ministries here. Um, and he's, been, he's just this humble, faithful guy, um, and he's made a huge impact. So it's easy to get fired up when you're here at spring break. It's easy to get motivated to have your quiet time and to fight to really have a ministry and serve Christ. But when you're working 60-plus hours a week and you have kids, you have a, four, a four-year-old and a one-and-a-half-year-old like I have, they're beautiful. They're the most beautiful things I've ever seen. Um, but, man, that's when it gets real. And that's when I have to really, there's no one that's, that's there going to make me do my, a quiet time that day except for Jesus. Um, but I know that if I'm not having a daily time with God, if I'm not being faithful in my own personal walk with God, then I won't really have a, minist- a life that counts. I won't have a ministry that counts, and I won't have a life with ca- that counts. So if you want to have that vision to be a disciple that makes disciples, it's going to cost you. It, it won't cost you much. It'll just cost your entire life, okay? It won't cost you much, but it'll just cost your entire life, your focus, your, your determination. And uh, one thing that I'm really concerned about, honestly, as I, as I see young, zealous, fired-up um, people, Christians, that want to change the world is they really are looking for a shortcut. 
uh, in a lot of ways. They're, they're looking for a shortcut to leadership and to impact for the kingdom. And I'm just going to tell you right now, there's no shortcuts. I've tried some of them. They, there's just not shortcuts to a life of real, sincere impact for God's kingdom. Um, you have to build a life for God over time. Time is your friend in your, in your walk with God. You, you, one day at a time, one decision at a time, your life will add up to something that, that you won't even... You, you'll, you'll be, if, if you look back now, if you're just faithful to Jesus every day, um, just like Mike was saying, he doesn't remember the last time he's missed a quiet time. Max does, I mean, Mike's story doesn't like to brag about all the impact he's made, but he's made a huge impact on my life. He's made a huge impact on campus ministry leaders across the world. Um, so one passage that stands out to me is, is Luke 16.10. Luke 16.10, it says, One who is faithful in a very little will also be faithful in much. One who is dishonest in very little will also be dishonest in much. So if you're going to memorize one verse, make it that. Okay? This is straight from the mouth, mouth of Jesus. And the thing I love about this verse is I don't need to explain it to you. Okay? If you're faithful in very little, you'll also be faithful in much. Anyone have any questions about that? Okay? No. It's, I love it. Let me look at the Greek for you. No. It's all there. Okay? So here's the truth, is that God will give you more privileges and responsibility in the kingdom only if you take the, th the little things, the small things that he's called you to do, and you're faithful to do those now. God will not give you more if you do not faithful for what you have now. So let me get uh, specific for you. Um, what's your role in challenge right now? What's your role in Christian challenge? Anyone want to share? What's your role? Anyone have a, what's your role? What's your name? Uh, I'm Steven. Steven, what's your role at Challenge um, right now? I co-lead one of the life groups with okay. Eric. Um, that's like the formal role. Sweet. Good. Okay. Even if you're a member, you have a role. Okay? Even if you just attend, um, you have a role. You, have a, you, believe it or not, mean a lot more <laughs> to all of us that, that are trying to teach and trying to lead. Man, it's, you have a role. And what may seem small now well, if you're faithful, it'll add up to greater and greater impact over time. But here's the problem. A lot of us, especially in, this, in student ministry and things, we start discipling people. We start believing our own press about, man, I, lead, I led someone to Christ or I, I'm leading this Bible study. I'm like, I'm, I'm kind of above a lot of this. I remember thinking that at when I was, I was OU Christian Challenge at uh, Baptist Student Ministry at OU. And I remember thinking I was kind of above a lot of things that the other, other earthly, you know, underlings <laughs> need to, to do. Uh, you know, having a quiet time is great. You know, for a new believer, it's really good to get them established. But, man, I'm reading good. Like what Max was, uh, Mike was saying about John Piper books. Uh-oh. Yeah, that was like me, you know. I was, I was just reading Christian books about following God, but I wasn't really getting to know God. Um, and I lived at the OU, build, the Christian Challenge building. They have those out in Oklahoma. But I was living in the building, and one of my jobs was to clean up and vacuum and, and um, take care of the building, make sure it was spick and span for the meetings and stuff. And uh, I remember thinking, eh, I got more important <laughs> things to do. I can share the gospel on campus. I didn't actually think that, but I, 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 wasn't, I didn't fulfill my, my, my role in that. And I remember the director, John Kelsey, came to me 
and a couple of the other guys, and he got us all together. And I, I cannot confirm or deny that there was cuss words spoken, but I, there was Luke 16.10, okay? I remember he just was, he was just looking at us, and he was just, I, I think he was, he was just crying, looking at us like, Luke 16.10, you are not going to have a ministry. If you cannot keep this building clean, you are not going to get to walk with Jesus for the rest of your life. And it was like a wake-up call for me just to remember that small things do matter. Um, Luke, so I had to learn to humble myself and serve underneath someone else's ministry before I could have a ministry of my own that really, a ministry of my own. Luke 16, 12 is another verse. Jesus goes on and he says, And if you have not been faithful in that which is another's, who will give you that which is your own? Okay, so I had to, I had to be faithful with vacuuming up bugs off the floor and I had to clean the toilets. I had to be faithful with that. And God's over the years, he's used a lot of things to humble me. One of those things was to, to, most of the things were painful. Okay. And most of the things that God uses to humble you are very painful. Okay. And then one of the things he used to humble me about ministry is giving me my own ministry to lead, which is, I wouldn't have coveted the job (laughs) if I, if I knew now, it's a joy, but man, it's hard. So here's something. If, if you're going to truly become a faithful person, you're going to be just an a invaluable part of a team. Uh, Proverbs 20, verse 6, it says, Many claim to have unfailing love, but a faithful man who can find. Many claim, many claim unfailing love, but a faithful man who can find. That's... Someone who is truly faithful is, is just rare, just totally rare. Someone that, if you find someone that's truly faithful, just, just cling to them and help be around them. Um, you're going to become a priceless addition to a team. Um, so I want to encourage you, if you become a faithful person, you're going to become, become the kind of person that God is going to use, use for the rest of your life. You don't have to become a big shot. You don't have to do anything. You just have to be faithful, and I promise you God's going to use you. So I had a few things that I am kind of hit on a couple of these, but there's two big attitudes that are going to hinder you if you're going to really be faithful in your life. The first one that's really going to hold you back from being faithful is arrogance and entitlement, okay? Arrogance and entitlement is the number one, I think, reason that you're not being faithful, Okay, Romans 12, 3, it says, For by grace given to me, I say to every one of you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith God has assigned. So here's a question for you. In what ways do you think the rules don't apply to you? Okay, in what ways do you think what... What they're teaching me at challenge, that's good. You know, scripture memory, that's good. But I don't really need that. When, in what ways do you have that attitude? In what ways are you tempted to cut corners in, in your walk with Jesus, in your, minist- in your personal ministry, in your, in, at school, in what, and at work? In what ways are you tempted to cut corners, to think you're, you're kind of above, above the whole thing? And... Here's another danger for disciple-making ministries. Be careful as you grow in leading others that you keep living out the basics yourself. Um, the Pharisees were le- the dream team at doing this, okay? Uh, in Matthew 23, 3-4, it says this. 
So you must, Jesus was talking about the Pharisees. He said, you must be careful to do everything they tell you, but do not do what they do, for they do not practice what they preach. They tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to move them with their finger. It's really easy to, as a student leader or as a staff member even, to, to get super radical with those that you disciple. And, uh, but, but the ironic thing is you're in the Bible study, you're like, dude, we're just going to go to the nations. <laughs> yeah. You know, and you're, gonna, you're doing all this stuff. But, man, you didn't have a quiet time that day. You looked at porn last night. But, but you're, you're being all radical with those in your, in your small group. I, I think that's a danger. There's a, it's a really easy, it's really easy. To, I can teach you right now how to look like a spiritual hotshot in, in a campus ministry setting, okay? You guys want to learn? Okay. First, you need a really big ESV study Bible, okay? You need that. You guys got to carry that around. And you need a moleskin journal, right? What else do you need? You need a really cool moleskin journal. And you need a, a really big operation world, you know, like the pray for the nations every day. And then you just need to say it like this, I have a heart for the nations. Okay? <laughs> you just need to do that and the chicks will flock, okay? <laughs> okay. I don't know why. I think, I honestly, um, I've been around long enough just to see that I get concerned that, that in ministries like ours, Sometimes we get too spiritual too fast, okay? We get, we get too big for our britches, and then we get exposed in the end, okay? Catch that one? Um, it's, man, we get too spiritual too fast, um, and we, we miss the point. We want to be leaders, but we miss the point. First Timothy 1 Timothy 1.5, it says, The goal of this command is love, which comes from a pure heart, a good conscience, and a sincere faith. Some have wandered from these and turned to meaningless talk. They want to be teachers of the law, but they don't know what they're talking about or what they so confidently affirm. The goal of your walk with Christ is to love Christ and to love the people around you. It's not to advance yourself. It's not to impress the ladies, guys. It's not to do any other, anything else. It's just to love Christ and to love the people around you and to love the lost by helping make disciples of all nations. That's what it's about. And there's a danger uh, if you're, you want to, maybe this idea of, in 1 Timothy 1, 5, it says, they want, 7, it says, they want to be teachers of the law. They want to be teachers. And James says, not all of you should be teachers because you'll be judged more strictly. Um, and so I, I, I'm, I'm all for wanting to multiply and lead others. But really, what's your heart? Is your heart to love? Or is your heart to, to advance yourself? And, and I think if, you, if your heart is not in the right place, you will not be faithful in the little things. I've caught myself slipping in this area. And, and trust me, it doesn't end in good places. It, it's, it's bad. So I've noticed in a culture like ours, in disciple-making ministries, there's three stages someone goes through uh, in their growth. In, in first stage is a lack of vision, lack of, like, just kind of, they don't get it. They just don't understand why we're meeting together, studying the Bible, memorizing verses. They lack the vision for being a disciple and make, making disciples. They just don't get it. But once they get it, some, a lot of times they lack discipline, okay? And that's, that's a problem. They just lack discipline. They need to be trained. And then the last thing is once they start memorizing some verses and 
wow, I know 40 verses that all these other chumps don't know. <laughs> Guess what happens? They, they lack humility. Okay, and so when you're training someone, when you're working with someone, think about your life. What stage are you in? Do you need to grow in your vision? Do you need to grow in your diligent discipline? And do you, or do you need to grow in your humility? You probably need to grow in all of them. Um, but, but I think that's a pretty common phase that I see people go through. And so we have to fight to keep the focus on loving Jesus and loving others. Um, a, a humble person is willing to jump into a situation and serve under someone else and, and just learn from others, learn from anyone, learn from people that you think you actually know better than. Um, another way that you're hindered by arrogance is you're hesitant to follow leaders. You're more hesitant to be faithful to following a leader. You, you just think, well, I really know better. The guy, in your, just, the guy leading your small group, man, I could do such a better job. I kind of know better. You're, you're not, you're going to, God's really, the flow of the Holy Spirit is really going to be hindered in your life if you, if you have an arrogant attitude. And then the next thing, the way it kind of shows itself is entitlement. Entitlement, entitled people are not faithful, okay? Entitled people want things handed to them on a silver platter. Entitled people, like, they show up at challenge and they're like, oh, that was a great talk. How do I get up, get to speak? <laughs> I've had people do that. They come up and they want to speak, like, uh, the next week. Or lead worship, you know. And I'm like, hmm, let me pray about that one. Send me an email about that one. <laughs> you know, that's my way of dodging those things. Um, a lot of people aren't really that interested in the commitment side of being a leader. They're not interested in building up to being a leader. They're just interested in getting the job. Or another way people's entitlement shows itself is in searching for a job. Searching for a job. <laughs> I've seen this. It, you, how old are you guys? Most of you, you know, you're in college. And so you can't, when you go out to get a summer job, you're not going to get the best job out there, <laughs> okay? <laughs> I've had a lot of people go out in Chico and try, like at Project, they're trying to find jobs. There's no jobs in Chico. I'm like, what are you looking for? I'm looking for a coffee job that pays me $20 an hour. <laughs> and, you know, and I'm like, okay, no, <laughs> that's not how life works. You start from the bottom and you work your way up. Um, and people, we just kind of, that's just a natural thing. We think, this is in the part of your heart, your sinful heart, you think you deserve better. This is just true. You think you deserve better. But what's the truth? The truth is you don't deserve anything. If the truth is, if you got what you deserved, you would die instantly, and you would be separated from God in eternity in hell. And that is what we all deserve. But only by the grace of Jesus, who died on the cross and rose from the dead and paid the penalty for our sins, do we get to enjoy anything but that. So, man, we don't deserve anything. And in my family, um, it was kind of weird, but we would, uh, if someone was complaining, um, we, would, we, we talked about this concept, but we would kind of, it's kind of a joke, but it's kind of a weird joke. But he, they'd say, well, it's better than hell, okay? Because <laughs> that's really what we deserve, is we deserve hell. And um, it really helps you to think about the gospel. Everything is framed in the gospel. What do we really deserve? And we don't, we, we, everything we have, apart from that, is, is grace. And Luke 17.10, Mike quoted it earlier, it says, So also, when you have done all that you were commanded... Say, we are unworthy servants who have only done what, it, what our, our duty is, what was our duty. 
Luke 17.10. That should be our attitude as followers of Christ. When we've done everything that God, God's called us to do, we've been faithful. We're just unworthy servants who have only done our duty. And then one more verse on this humility idea. 1 Corinthians 4.7. It says, For who makes you different than anyone else? And what do you have that you did not receive? And if you did receive it, why do you boast as though you have not? I love the way how simple that is. What do you, who made you different than anyone else? Sure, you have gifts. Sure, you have abilities. But who made you different than anyone else? And what, did you, what do you have that you did not receive? God has given you everything. That he's, he, even things that you seem to have worked for, he's given you the desire to work for that, to will and to act according to his good pleasure. He, he is the one that, that has given you everything. And so that verse has been the most helpful for me in reminding me, and when, when I start noticing a prideful thought, um, the Holy Spirit just puts that one on my heart. He's like, who made you different than anyone else? I'm like, ouch. <laughs> okay. So I want to I help you guys process this. So if you feel comfortable, um, I want you to turn to two or three people next to you, one or two um, people next to you, and discuss in what ways have you struggled with pride and arrogance? This is a little heavy, but in what ways have you struggled with pride and arrogance? And how has that affected your faithfulness in following Jesus? So in what ways have you struggled in pr with pride and arrogance? And how has that affected you being faithful in your walk with Jesus? So just take a minute and do that. Thanks, guys. Okay, I'm sorry. You're probably not done. Finish up those conversations afterwards. I've got a lot more to share. So um, does anyone feel comfortable sharing with the whole group? Anyone, like, bold enough to... To do that? Okay, yeah. Go for it. Stand up and let oh. us know. <laughs> Confess your sins to us. Um, I'm Steven, and something that I've been praying a lot about lately and um, journaling about has just been career decisions. I'm a graduating senior at USC. Um, I'm getting a BA in economics and a master's in economics as well. And Last semester, I was skipping challenge occasionally and Bible studies occasionally uh, to go to networking events. And just a lot of last semester was all about the job search. And I was trying really hard to get these different prestigious consulting jobs. Um, and in the middle of last semester, I kind of got uh, shut down or kind of rejected by two different consulting firms that I really liked uh, after final round interviews. So it was like, oh, I was so close. Um, and then this semester, it was kind of a similar story, except um, I still haven't actually heard back from one of them. But at the same time as I was um, just making this career prestige and like that lifestyle that I thought I wanted and that, that income that I thought I wanted, like just this, I was putting it up on a pedestal and basically worshiping at the idol of career success and worldly success. Um, at the same time as I was even still kind of doing that at the beginning of the semester, I was um, finding out that I got uh, a job offer with the Christ-centered fraternity I'm a part of at USC. It's called Alpha Gamma Omega. And so like the fraternity is starting a staff position where it'll be trying to rescue the chapters that are dying off at UCLA and um, Cal State, Long Beach, and um, Santa Barbara, uh, and also just trying to grow the fraternity, trying to 
make it more Christ-centered, make it like a meaningful part of like college students' experience and like making them into the leaders that are able to do awesome things in ministries and make disciples and just like it's like this it's like this awesome opportunity to be so actively involved and explicitly involved in a ministry position. And even like when I was being offered that, I was still questioning, um, is that what I want to do? And I was like praying really hard about it. Um, and like, like oh, I feel like I should, but I don't know if I really want to. And eventually I got to the point where I was confidently wanting it. And then it was easy to say, oh yeah, this is what I'm going to do. But then I'm still nervous, I guess, to like, tell my dad that is what I've decided. I still haven't told my dad. Um, <laughs> and it's like easy to tell Christians because they're like, oh yeah, you do that. You're going to go do ministry stuff. And like my dad's a Christian. Um, and it's just, I don't know. It's a different different faith, different um, place in this spiritual walk. But, um, but yeah, I feel like it was pride and arrogance and, and a sense of entitlement in what I deserved in life and what I wanted out of life that was keeping me from um, that was that was getting me to kind of worship with the idol of career success, and then later this semester making me making it so hard to make what should have been an easy decision. Thanks for sharing. Okay, so you ready for more? Anyone ready? Okay. Um, the next thing, the reason you won't be faithful if if you do not is laziness and self indulgence. Laziness and self indulgence. Proverbs 13.4, it says, The sluggard craves and gets nothing, but the de desires of the diligent are fully satisfied. Uh, we all know being lazy is bad, right? <laughs> it's bad, okay? But it just feels so good, right? Um, it's so much easier to binge watch on Netflix than to review your scripture memory. It's just so much easier. Um, but here's the sad reality. Many people have comfort and convenience as one of their main goals in life. They, that's just, yeah, I'll follow God as long as it doesn't get in the way of my fun or get in the way of my comfort or convenience. Um, it's just not what I want to do. And so I shouldn't really have to do anything that I want to do. Um, Philippians 3, 18 and 19 says, For as I have told you before, and now tell you again even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. And there's just one phrase in there that I want to kind of bring out to you guys. It says, their God is their stomach. And I think that's a big temptation. A lot of people live for what feels good um, physically, but also what feels good in the New Testament time. The stomach was part of like your, your emotions, what your, the, your feelers, what... You know what feels good so a lot of people they follow Christ as long as it feels good okay <laughs> they'll obey Jesus as long as it feels good and last time I checked that's not what Jesus called for his disciples um, Luke 9 23 through 24 it says whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me for whoever wants to save his life and will lose it whoever loses his life for my sake will find it um, Luke 9, 23 and 24. So take up your cross daily is, is the, the call of a disciple. Walking with Jesus and making disciples is never easy. Okay, Don't fool yourself that living for Christ and having an impact, the invested life, the invested life is not easy at all. It is, it is so hard, but it's totally worth it. 
And uh, Max Barnett, the guy I keep mentioning, he, he, he constantly says he's never met a person who has been greatly used by God to make disciples that hasn't paid a tremendous cost, um, a tremendous price in their, in their life. And uh, over the years, I've read a lot of missionary biographies, and there's some common themes, but one of them is pain, okay? One of them is pushing through this zeal to do whatever it takes to love God and to love people and to make disciples of all nations. And God, the most amazing stories of God's work is, is the most um, diligent examples of people's endurance in Christ. And so... There's, there's a lot of times we have a pretty intense schedule with our, our core team of student leaders at Challenge, and a lot of them get stressed out, and, and I understand sometimes there's, there, you got to use some wisdom. You can't just be doing ministry 24-7, but a lot of them come to me, and they're stressed out as if it's like a really bad thing, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, okay, well, let, let's talk about that because following Jesus is not easy. It's not, it's not, it's not neat and tidy. It, it's hard. And so here's some things, if someone, you know, if you're feeling stressed and overwhelmed and you're struggling to be diligent and disciplined, here's what I do with the guy. I'll let you in on like a one-on-one meeting that I do with a guy. You guys want to do that? Um, so I'll, I'll ask him, so here's some tips that I do. I won't talk about all, all, some of the other stuff, but here's some practical things. I tell them, make a master to-do list of everything that they have to do. Make a master to-do list of everything that you have to do. Doesn't matter if it's quiet time. Don't categorize it. Just put it all down somewhere. There's apps, uh, iPhone apps or whatever work really good for this because you always have your phone, right? You're constantly checking your phone. So always, I use an app. There's an app for that. So just capture everything and then um, keep a detailed calendar that you check daily. So if I'm discipling the guy, I say, hey, do you have a to-do list, a master to-do list? Do Do you keep a detailed calendar? Let me see your calendar. Let's look at that together. And, um, and then the next, the next thing that you need to do is do a weekly sync of your calendar and your to-do list. So each week, maybe on Sunday as before the week starts, get some time and put everything that you need to do on your to-do list into your calendar. And, and I, I've never met anyone that did that, that, that wasn't able to fulfill a really substantial load of ministry responsibilities, studying and serving the Lord, and uh, we got a guy on staff now, Sloan, he had 21 units last semester, he got all A's, he was discipling five guys, leading our upperclassmen Bible study, and he was also had time to hang out with his girlfriend and do other stuff, hunting and stuff, I was like, how did you do that, but, um, but man, it is possible, and so it, you, we want to train people, we want to be people that are willing to work hard to, to serve Christ, um, and we want to be people that, that push and encourage those we're discipling to uh, not settle for anything less than uh, doing our best for God. So two verses that encourage me is Galatians 6, 9. It says, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time you will reap a harvest if you do not give up. And then 1 Corinthians 15, 50, 58, it says, stand, therefore, dear brothers, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Now, there's a, the, on both of those verses, there's this idea that gr- you're tempted to grow weary and to give up. And it wouldn't say, these verses would not be necessary 
if, we, if it didn't take diligence and discipline to walk with Christ. God wouldn't have wanted these verses in there. But in order to really reap a harvest, a harvest for Christ, you have to really be willing to be disciplined and endure for Christ. When you're tempted to give up, when you're tempted to think that your labor is in vain, that is when you're just about to see God do something cool. God do some, make some breakthroughs in your life and in your ministry. And, and that's when he's really working. You know, um, a guy that um, I really respect, Harold Bullock, he said, when God works, his people get blisters and calluses. So when, when God is, is at work, we, we work with him. We need to be diligent and work with him. Um, one more verse on that, this idea is Matthew 9, 36-38. It says, Jesus said, When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them, because they are harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest field. I have a whole message I could share on that, and it's one of my favorite verses, but really... When we look at the needs of the world, um, the problem, according to this verse, you think about the crowds, the many people lost, and think of just about your campus, um, and just there's so many that are harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Um, but there's also so many that God's working in. The problem is not with the harvest. Uh, in this verse, the harvest is plentiful. The problem is not with the harvest. The harvest is plentiful. The problem is the lack of laborers. Okay? And so let, I want to ask you, are you a laborer? Okay, and what does a laborer do? <laughs> they labor. <laughs> they, they labor, you know? It, it, one of the, Jesus has one prayer request. If Jesus was in your small group, he, he, every week he would have one prayer request. you go, hey, pray for Martha's toe. Pray for my test tomorrow. And Jesus would like, more laborers, please. <laughs> okay? And, and that, will you be a laborer? Will you learn what it takes to labor among the lost, to reach the lost, to make disciples, Will you do your part to fulfill the Great Commission? And will you pray for other people to labor? You'll never be able to raise up laborers if you're not a laborer yourself. It, it's really that simple. And so there's nothing easy about it. It's, it's simple, but it's not easy. And let me, let me kind of get, clarify something about faithfulness. Um, Jesus is a lot more concerned um, about you laboring and serving and loving people than he is about you having a Pinterest-worthy house, okay? He's a lot more concerned about you, your whole direction in life, sacrificing and serving and investing in the kingdom than you crossing your T's and dotting your lowercase j's about everything. He, he, it's not about the meticulous pursuit of perfection. It's not about that. It's, it's about honestly loving God and with your whole heart, and in and serving him in the midst of the messiness of life. Um, my wife uh, has a bad back, and um, when she had Owen, my son, who's four years old, she, her hips got out of joint. So basically, she's stuck in her chair. And so I've had to really learn to be faithful in the midst of a very complicated situation. I have ministry I want to do on campus. I have um, I want to take care of the kids. I want to serve her well. And so it. If you look at my life, it's anything but neat and tidy. 
But God has over and over again showed me and humbled me. As I've dropped the ball on things, I've had to learn the hard way about some of these things, about the to-do list, the calendar, um, being really wise about how I use my time, my quiet time. I had to really struggle with how to have a quiet time while I'm watching a baby. I, I do it on my phone. It's, it, it does work. It is possible. Um, it's kind of not quite quiet, but maybe I should call it something else. But there, you know, you, you, can, you can learn. Let me just encourage you that... Man, it's, it's never going to be quite as simple as it is now for you. And so you need to be faithful now and then to build a foundation so that you can be faithful later. Um, so here's a few, just a couple things that I want to encourage you to be faithful in. Um, and there's, I, could, I had a longer list, but I had to cut some. But here's, here's the first one that will be really helpful is be faithful in your thought life. Be faithful in your thought life because this is going to direct and guide every other area of your life. Um, this is the constant battle with the enemy that you'll constantly be fighting. Um, if you let even a little bit of bitterness or a little bit of pride or a little bit of lust in your, in your mind, it's going to do a lot of damage to your soul. And over time, you're not going to be where you want to be. Okay? So your, your thought life, the little things, your thought life is the, the biggest little thing that I could, I could think of. Um, and the, so reject, so the, watch out for those things, but then also feed your mind with all kinds of good stuff. Bible reading, scripture memory, good books, um, getting around, song, singing songs, um, some good, find some good worship music. Constantly use your time and your thoughts to glorify and honor God. Um, I'm hoping that every day, every week of my life, I, just like Max, I got this from Max Marnette, every week of my life, I, I'm hoping to be memorizing a new verse of scripture. I, I just want to have that as something, when in doubt, just, just chew on a verse of scripture. And, and, and that goal has kind of forced me to be really, really disciplined. Um, 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 6, it says, for we live in a world, we for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not we the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself, sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And that, this, the idea of taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ has really been helpful for me. Um, there's a battle for your mind right now. The enemy wants to set up strongholds in your mind. He wants to throw things in there. Um, so what do, you, what do you need to do? How do you fight that battle? You obey this passage. Take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. So a lustful thought comes in, a prideful thought comes in, a bitter, envy, envious thought comes in. Grab it. Take it captive. Tell it where to go and what to do. And, and pray over it. And then, and then if, if you have, really take some time and slow down enough to really process those things. But you got to be quick. Because you catch yourself thinking, going down a prideful road. Really try to take that thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. <laughs> it says we take every thought captive to be obedient to Christ. This is kind of a violent um, way of talking. This talking about, this is a spiritual warfare. And so you have to be pretty aggressive and pretty meticulous about your, your thought life if you're going to have victory, especially guys over, over lust. And any area, there's envy. There's, we all struggle with all the same things. 
Um, and so you will not become the person you, you want to be if you do not fight the battle in your mind. And the best way to fight it is with the resource God gave us, which you can look it up in Ephesians 6. Um, and 1 John 4, 4 is a great reminder. The one who is in you is greater than the one that is in the world. Um, and sometimes the thought's not so easy to, to bounce off, to, to let it go. And I found the most helpful thing to do is quote scripture. Just in my mind, just quote scripture and, uh, and pray. Say, Lord, help. I do not want to think about this. Please help. And then just quote the first scripture that comes to your mind. It doesn't have to be necessarily about that, that topic that, you, um, that you're thinking. But, but I really encourage you, memorize scripture and quote scripture. It does help if it's focused on, you know, if it's, you're struggling with pride. A verse on humility would really help. But any, any scripture will do. It, it just gets your mind focused on the right things. Um, Philippians 4.8, it's not just all about um, not thinking bad things, right? It, it, and abiding in Christ isn't just, I'm going to try not to be bad, you know? It's about really glorifying and honoring God. Philippians 4.8, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if anything is excellent, if anything is worthy of praise, think about these things. And uh, this verse is a, just such a great, I, just, I encourage you to study it, think about that, and use it as like a media filter, okay? Use it as, as a way to, the movies you watch, the, 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 the songs you listen to, man, is it pure? Is it lovely? Is it honorable? Is it praiseworthy? Um, you, you need to learn how to filter these things, and, and honestly, a lot of you guys um, need to limit just the media intake that you do at, just in general, okay? You need to just, like, cut some of that out in order to be faithful with the other responsibilities that God has given you. Um, if the bulk of your free time is on that, social media, TV, you're not going to be faithful, okay? If the bulk of your free time, you, hey, I got a couple minutes, why don't I just scroll through Facebook? You're not going to be faithful over time. Romans 12, 2, it says, do not be... Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So the, the way you do that, another step is to be faithful with your spiritual disciplines. Be faithful with your spiritual disciplines. What is a spiritual discipline? Uh, I could tell you, but I'll just tell you what Dallas Willard says. He's like a super smart guy. Um, okay, he said this, a discipline is a chosen activity which enables us to do what we cannot do by direct effort. It's a chosen activity that enables us to do what we cannot do by direct effort. Let me explain that to you. Um, any of you guys old enough to remember the Be Like Mike commercials? I'd like to be like Mike. You know, you remember that? No? Okay, you're too, I'm too old. But a lot of people tried to be like Mike, you know? They, they tried to put the shoes on and stick the tongue out and do that, and they weren't. They really weren't like Mike. But... A lot of Christians are like that, too. They're like, hey, go be like Jesus. <laughs> but the problem is, is they didn't put in the work. They didn't do the training and the growth that it takes. A spiritual discipline enables you to grow in your walk with God so that over time, you become more and more like Jesus. The WWJD bracelets, what would Jesus do? It's a nice idea, but it's just not really realistic. <laughs> Unless you're going to build the spiritual disciplines and build faithfulness and build obedience over time. It's like working out a muscle. 
You know, we all have them. Some of us just have more than others, Solomon. Yeah, good job. Um, we have to work that out. Um, the Olympics are coming up this summer, right? I'm excited about that. And I remember a few years ago, I was watching Michael Phelps. They did a special when he was winning like a million gold medals and all this stuff. And now there's this awesome Under Armour. Have any of you guys seen that, the Under Armour video of Michael Phelps? It's, it's fire, man. It's sick. But... Um, I, I'm so, when I see stuff like that, I'm so fired up. I remember watching this guy, and they did a special on his life. All he did was eat, sleep, and swim. And I was just like, this guy is legit. And I was memorizing this verse, 1 Corinthians 9.25. It says, everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. And it's one of the, one of the clearest times that the Holy Spirit has used a verse and just kind of tapped on my shoulder um, in my life, that, that basically he was saying, did you get the comparison? Did you get the comparison? These people do it for a crown that will not last, but we do it for a crown that will last forever. Olympic athletes are the most dedicated people on the planet. There's no question. And, but as followers of Christ, we, we honestly have something that's way more important to live for. And it's very rare to have someone to meet a follower of Christ that has the same level as commitment to winning the race of, of, the, of life with Christ as someone like Michael Phelps. <laughs> okay? And, and that was so challenging to me. What if we had some of you in here that, that put the same level of discipline into growing in Christ, into loving Christ, into having a ministry, as Michael Phelps did, into winning gold, Olympic gold medals. Is that not what the passage is teaching? Maybe I, I feel like I'm going a little too far with this, <laughs> but, but I think that's what, what the passage teaches. So I want to encourage you, no matter where you're at in here, there's probably more. There's probably more that the Lord has for you, especially in the area of spiritual disciplines. Over the years, God's God's led me to do try different things, and but it's always that foundation of the basics, the wheel illustration, the word, getting a daily quiet time, scripture memory, memorizing scripture and reviewing verses, my prayer life. I have a prayer list that I pray over every day, and, and then fellowship, getting around other believers and getting input from those older and wiser than me. And those are just the four big, big ones, but there's a lot of other ones you can try. There, there's a lot of ways that you can stretch yourself in those areas. I encourage you to do that. Um, but lately, since with everything going on um, with my wife's back and everything, I've been having a hard time with some of those disciplines. And it, it's just been hard. And one thing I notice is I'm a, I have a confession to make. I have an addiction, okay? It's, it's called Twitter, okay? And it, you should follow me. It's fun. Okay, but... but um, I've caught myself getting on social media before I had my quiet time. And I caught myself getting on social media before I prayed over my prayer list and reviewed my verses. And so I just made a simple application for myself. Is, is no, no social media at all until I've done a, a, a quiet time, a daily quiet time, um, a time of praying over my prayer list. And I, pray, I try to pray for all the core team members um, in our ministry every day. And then um, reviewing all my, my scripture memory verses. Uh, I have a system, but it's not that many. It doesn't take that long. 
But, but I, I, I make that that goal. And since I've been doing that, honestly, just it, it's, it's such a renewal that I, I've started to have in, in my own walk with God and just my own personal peace and joy in, in Christ and my power in, in serving and evangelism. It's, it's been a really cool deal is, is I kind of let some of those slip a little bit for a while. And recently I've been getting back on it. But there's been seasons where I've done more or less. There's, there's seasons that you can, some of you guys can use this summer and just memorize a ton of verses. Like one summer, my sophomore summer, I memorized a verse a day. And that's like all I did. Actually, I was on a mission trip in Kenya. But that's all I did besides try to share the gospel with Kenyan guys. Was I, I memorized a verse a day and reviewed those. The topical memory system, I encourage you guys, write that down and, and and I encourage you to look that up. And over time, memorize all the verses in the topical memory system by the navigators. It, it, it's awesome. Th- those are the verses that God uses over and over again in my life. And it, just that I memorized that one summer. Or I've done things where I've tried to pray for an hour a day. There, and that's just that completely changed my prayer life. There's, there's more to what you're doing. You can always grow deeper in your spiritual disciplines. Um, so let me encourage you to do that. And then the last one is be faithful in school and work. Be faithful in school and work. Um, most of you guys are students, okay? So you do need to actually study, right? <laughs> okay? Um, and there's, but here's a, the thing. There's no reason that you can't take advantage of all the awesome opportunities with challenge and get good grades. There, there's really no reason. And so go, if, if you're thinking, oh, no, that's impossible, Go back, do not pack SCO, do not collect $200, okay? Go back to those tips for time management and really try those out. And, and, then, and then there is some wisdom in cutting some things out of your schedule and, and things like that. But, man, you need to be faithful in your school. That needs to be something you take really seriously. It's a bad witness to your professors. It's a bad witness to the fellow classmates. If you're, if you're just like this zealous Christian that's walking in and like, yeah, I didn't study. I'm just asking the Holy Spirit to give me answers. <laughs> what? That's, I actually had some guys say that, and I'm like, oh, no. Oh, whoa. <laughs> you know, it, you're not doing that much evangelism that you're getting a D. You know, the reason you're getting a D is not because you're doing too much evangelism. <laughs> you know, the reason you're getting a D is because you're not putting in the work to, to be faithful to study and to, to plan ahead. Max Barnett, again, I keep, I, I might, he might as well just be up here, but um, he, 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 when he was a student, he, he, he said he treated it like a nine to five. And this is what I encourage people that are really getting behind in school is use school, stay on campus from nine to five and go to class in between class, maybe do a discipleship meeting. But then if not, just study, study ahead on your assignments. And just at five o'clock, you'll usually be done. And then you can go, go to challenge. You can go hang out with your buddies. You can go watch Netflix. You can do whatever you want to do. Um, but man, nine to five, think about it that way and, and really discipline yourself to, to do, be excellent in your studies. And then work is another thing. You're going to be doing that for the rest of your life. Work is so important in faithfulness. Um, you want to be that guy that, that as soon as the boss tells you to do something, it's as good as done. It's as good as done. You want to be that guy that, like, if, if the boss tells you, hey, I want you to do that, the boss doesn't even have to check up on it. You want to be that guy, okay? You do not want to be the guy that he, he checks up on what you did, and he's like, oh, man, I, I'm just so busy. Don't be that guy, okay, please? And you don't want to be the guy that, oh, I forgot. The deer in the headlights look 
I forgot. You don't want that. Proverbs 10, 26, it says, Like vinegar to the teeth and smoke to the eyes, so is the sluggard to those who send him. Vinegar to the teeth. Have you ever had that? Smoke to the eyes. It's, it's not pleasant. Okay, so, so don't be the guy that gets it done. Don't be the guy that forgets. Or the girl, okay? Um, Proverbs 18, 9. One who is slack in his work is brother to one who destroys. It's better not to have someone to work for you that's lazy um, than to have them work for you at all. A lazy person is a cancer to a, a work environment. They, they, they're, it, you're, the, you're about as, this verse is saying it, so don't get mad at me. If you're lazy at work, if you're lazy, it's as bad as someone that goes in and just wrecks things. It's a brother. It's a comparable to someone that just messes with things. So, man, at work, be that guy that's always there working. And um, how many of you guys have a part-time job right now or some sort of a job? Okay. How many of you would say, this is my dream job? This is something I just, okay. Oh, one person. Good. <laughs> He's the intern with Challenge, so that's good. Okay. Um, but... Most people at your age don't have their dream jobs. <laughs> Most of it's just meh, you know, it's just meh. So but here's something to remember is um, it's Ephesians 6, 5 through 8. It says this, Servants, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart as you would Christ, not by way of eye service as people pleasers, but as servants of Christ doing the will of God from the heart. I love that, um, and I hate it at the same time, <laughs> okay? <laughs> I worked at Stanley Steamer for a while. It's a carpet cleaning company, and I cleaned up a lot of poop off of people's carpets. It was just bad. And one time, I, it was the OU-Texas game, big rivalry. I had to go to a house that was covered a foot deep in trash, and I had to clean up the trash and then try to clean the carpet, and we saw, like, rats in there. And that is when you need this verse, okay? <laughs> that is when you need... To serve Christ with a sincere heart, not by way of eye service as people pleasers, but as servants of God, doing the will of God from the heart. So who are you when no one's looking? Who are you when no one's looking? On the job especially, but in, in general, who are you when, when no one's looking? And what responsibilities in your area of work or school do you need to be more faithful in? Your studies, your personal ministry, your work. Um, it's a lot. And so, so I want to encourage you guys to be faithful with those things. Um, as we close, I want to encourage you with some things. Is um, Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of God's glorious standard. And uh, I don't know about you, but as, even as I'm looking through these and teaching these things, it can be kind of like, whoa. Okay, this is, this is a lot. But, but the truth is that we've all blown it. We've all made mistakes. We're not doing all this stuff to earn our favor with God. Um, Je Jesus has saved us from ourselves. He saved us from our sin. And there's nothing that we can do to earn our salvation. And so we can ask, this is something you need to daily fight for. Repent when you mess up, when, when, you, sin, when you have the sinful thoughts. Just get before the Lord and repent and move on. It, when, you, when you drop the ball in your studies or in your personal ministry, repent and trust Christ to forgive you. Preach the gospel to yourself and, and remind yourself of who you are in Christ and, and that, that your, your worth and your value is not based on your performance. It's based on your identity in Christ, that you're a son or a daughter of, of Christ and, and of, God, of God the Father. 
And um, it's, it's really important to do this motivated of, out of love. 1 Timothy 1.5, the goal of this command is love. And um, so I want to encourage you, let's all seek to know Christ better, to, to know him more intimately. Um, I think it's Colossians 2.6 that says, Just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, so also walk in him. And so you're, you're, the way you walk with Christ is by grace through faith. The way you accept Christ is Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. So that's how you accept Christ, but it's also how you walk with Christ. It's by grace, and it's through faith. And so all this, everything I've told you is in the context of the gospel, in the context of it's by grace. The only way you can ever make any progress in this is relying and depending on God's grace. And there's so many times that I've, as I'm seeking to be obedient, I've just had to cry out to God, show me your, give me your grace so that I can be faithful in this area. And uh, if it sounds like this isn't too hard to do, just wait. There, there's going to be seasons where, where it, it gets hard. And, and so even just the most basic things about walking with Jesus, you're just going to have to cling to him and live by faith. Second Corinthians 4 or 5, we, for we walk by faith and not by sight. And so we are trusting Jesus that he's going to carry us through, and we are relying on his grace, even though we're, we're fumbling and bumbling the entire way, which is definitely my story. But, but I, ten, you know, 13 years ago, um, when, I, when I really first started trying to walk as a disciple of Christ, um, I can tell you I wouldn't even recognize myself now. Um, and that's only by the grace of God and trying to learn these things and apply what some of these, your leaders are teaching you. So let, let me pray, pray for you guys. Father, thank you for this group. Thank you for this week. I pray that each one of us would walk away with something from you from this hour. And um, I, I pray that we would be obedient and faithful to you because, because you are faithful. And, and I pray that your grace and your power would enable us and motivate us to, to continue pursuing you in the little things of life. Praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, before you go, I have two minutes, okay? I have an assignment for you, okay? Your assignment is to write down, is there an attitude I need to change to be more faithful? To do, or think about, maybe not write that down right now, write down the question and think about it this week. Is there an attitude in my life that I need to change or repent of um, in order to be more faithful, Okay. And then what specific area of your life do you need to be more faithful in? I talked about a few, but maybe there's some others that I didn't mention. What area of your life do you need to be more faithful in? And then who can you share those two things with? Who can you share those two things with? And uh, preferably the person you're just discipling you or is your small group leader, they would be great people. So um, we actually don't have time for questions, but I'd love to talk with you after um, and just get to know you guys. So uh, I appreciate it. Thanks, guys.